0: Tonight God's word comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2, we're going to begin our reading tonight at verse 11 and then read through verse 17. 1 Peter 2, beginning at verse 11, What we hear now is God's word. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, in our ongoing study of this first letter of Peter, Uh, we have come to the next section of the book. I hope by now you're getting something of a a sense of the outline of this book. Uh, The first 12 verses of chapter 1 are Peter's introduction, and then in chapter 1, verse 13, we really get the theme of his book, uh, uh, verses I've read several times. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And it's that theme that he's going to flesh out through the rest of his book. Up to chapter 2, verse 10, he addresses the topic of being holy fairly generally. He uses broad strokes based on who they are in Christ Jesus. But beginning with chapter 2, verse 11, and going through chapter 3, verse 7, he's going to be much more specific in what it means to live like a child of God. He's going to give very specific ethical exhortations. Now, it's important for us as we enter this section of the book uh, to remember that all ethical preaching is rooted in what Christ has done for us. Peter is not addressing a random crowd. He is addressing believers. It is a call to believers to live in a certain way because of who they are in Christ Jesus. That has to undergird uh, all the sermons we have in the next couple weeks in this particular section of the book. The fact that we know Jesus Christ has to make a difference in our lives. We have to be those who look like we know Jesus. And he's going to talk about a variety of areas in our life where we are to conform the Word of God. Tonight, we look at the, uh, the confirmation in God's Word of being a Christian citizen. He begins in verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. The attitude of the child of God toward the institutions that we have around us, very easily summed up, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors. Be subject to the governing authorities. Be willing to submit yourself to them. Now, we have to confess that is not... Our natural inclination Uh, we have lots of reasons why we shouldn't submit to the governing authorities the government is so corrupt the government doesn't care about Christian values lots of excuses lots of reasons we can try to give lots of objections Peter simply says be subject to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors who are sent by him. God's call to faithful living includes being good citizens of the country in which we live. And again, I I recognize that this is, it it goes against our natural instincts and even against the, the, the mood in society. We live in such an anti-authoritarian society today. Who are you? Who is anyone to tell me how I should live? I am the master of my own fate, the captain of my own destiny. Who are you to talk to me? That type of attitude is completely foreign to Peter's instruction in chapter 2. It is instruction to submit, to be subject. But notice what he says, be subject for the Lord's sake. We don't do this in spite of the fact that we are Christians. We do this because we are Christians. Because we recognize that God himself has placed structure, has placed order in society. God has put a variety of structures in society. He's put structure in marriage. In marriage, God has ordained that the husband shall be the head of the wife. That's God's ordained structure. We're going to talk about that as we work our way through this section. God has ordained in the family that the parents give instruction to the children, and the children are called to obey their parents. That's God's order. That's God's structure in the church as well. God has placed office bearers, those who are are ordained by Jesus Christ to rule in his stead. God has placed order and structure in the institutions around us. And we submit for the sake of the Lord. We submit because we recognize He is the one who has ordered and structured things in a particular way. And and Peter really doesn't give us any outs here. I kept looking for an out in this passage. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. These institutions God has set forth on earth, these institutions that help us as humans survive, be subject to every one of them. Not just subject in our marriage, not just subject in our family, not just subject in our church, but subject as members of society as well. We're not allowed to pick and choose. I like this authority, I'll follow that. I don't like this authority, I won't follow that and and the way that we as christians for the sake of the lord submit to every institution will be will be a demonstration we understand we are those who are under authority of god whether that be in our home whether that be in our church whether that be in society for the lord's sake we are called to submit and We know that, and I've said this before, uh, in the marriage relationship between husband and wife, uh, a wife is called to submit to her husband. And I've said this before, husbands, if you don't like how your wife is submitting to you, what model are you setting for her? The way in which you submit to the authorities over you, the church, and the state, the way in which you submit to them will be a model for what you think submission means that your wife will follow. Parents, if you are concerned that your children are not properly uh, respecting you, ask yourself what respect am I showing to the authorities that are over me? Am I showing proper authority to the state? Because that will be a model for our children of what we think submission looks like we are called to model this in our homes model this in our church that it can be seen in society as well the basic attitude of the believer toward the state be subject for the lord's sake to every human institution whether it be the Emperor as supreme or to the governors who are sent by him and this is not not a one-time thing this is to be the character of our lives there is an ongoing expectation we will continue to show this type of submission now remember the time in which Peter was writing. We have not talked a lot about the dating of this book when it was written, but very likely in about the mid-60s or so A.D., about 65-ish A.D. Who is the emperor at the time that he's referring to? The emperor at the time is Nero. Probably one of the most godless men who ever lived and ever ruled. Nero hated Christians. Nero was one who would take Christians, dip them in tar and use them as candles in his courtyard. That was his contempt. That was the debased nature of the emperor the emperor that Peter says be subject to for the Lord's sake. Not because of who he is. The man was terrible. But because of the office that he holds, because the authority structure is there by God's design. When we consider the state into which Peter is writing, compared with today. We know we know the government has no love for the church and, and rules and regulations are being made that try to curtail the church. But none of us are being burned at the stake. Today we have so little influence, interference of that nature So many freedoms we still can enjoy that that we have to continue, for the Lord's sake, to submit to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or the governors as sent by him. Because God has put a structure, a continuing structure, the structure of governmental authority. It was John Calvin who said, it is better to have a wicked government than no government at all. Because he recognized that God himself ordained the governments. God himself ordained the structure, and God is the God of providence, is in control of all of these things. And so we're called to properly, even today, not just in Peter's time, in that terrible time in which they lived, even today, to properly submit to the governmental authorities. And I would encourage you to think about that Uh, when when tax time comes around next spring and you start to fill out all those forms and it can be somewhat frustrating and what are we giving our money away for? Because God has put a structure, God has placed authority over us and he's allowed us to live in a land where we can experience so many freedoms that even as you're writing that check for your taxes, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. We are to be subject to those in authority over us. We are to honor them. Uh, elsewhere, we'll read uh, uh, in 1 Timothy, Paul will write, We are to pray for the authorities over us. 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all who are in high position, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life, godly and dignified in every way. Be in prayer for, for those in authority over us. Pray that they would recognize they are not the ultimate authority. Pray that they recognize that they stand under the authority of God. It was a number of years ago, had the privilege of of visiting Washington, D.C., and the uh, the Supreme Court building, and went inside uh, the Supreme Court chamber, and uh, if you've been there, you know this. Uh, Along the top of the chamber is this huge uh, frieze, this sculpture that goes all the way around the room. All the lawgivers throughout time, including an, an indication of Moses standing with the law of God. Pray that as the justices do their work, they are mindful of that. That they stand in the light of the law of God and the need to bring His justice. Pray for those in authority over us. Speak with respect about them. And that can be difficult. Uh, it is very easy for, for professional disagreements to become personal And we use derogatory terms and derogatory names. That is is not what God calls us to when he says to to be subject, to be in submission. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. He says in verse 15, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. We're to live as God's servants. In verse 15, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. You'll put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Uh, In in Peter's time, the church was often very misunderstood, uh, often characterized in, in the worst possible way the church was thought to be an incestuous institution because they called each other brother and sister and yet they would marry together the church was charged with being incestuous they were charged with being cannibals for they would eat and drink the body and blood of their founder jesus christ the church was thought of in very ugly terms And what Peter is saying is, let people see who you are to quiet their objections. This is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Well, the same is true today. The church is often misunderstood. The church is often characterized in the worst possible light. I think, I think one of the most common uh, reasons I hear for why someone doesn't want to go to church, who would, be, who would want to be a part of that bunch of hypocrites? Who wants to be a part of that bunch of hypocrites? They say one thing, they do something else. Peter's saying our, our life has to belie that. We have to live in such a way that, that we bring glory and honor to God, that our, our conduct matches our confession. From verse 12, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. If, if the world cannot at- attack our doctrine, they will attack our life. And Peter is saying, as children of God, live in such a way that gives them no opportunity No opportunity to challenge the way we are living, but show our submission to God by our submission to the governing authorities. This is for all of us, to live in such a way that that those watching recognize we are children of God as we interact in society. Um, As some of you know, I I used to be a a bus driver for the Christian school in Sioux Center. In fact, uh, Miss Reinders used to ride on my bus. Uh, Don't ask her to tell you stories but but i remember telling the kids on occasion uh, if they would get a little you know rowdy at times to remind them in big letters on the side of the bus it said christian school that was an advertisement for for the school and those who were inside were an advertisement for the school kids the way you live is important the way you get along with your classmates is important because we are children of God called to show proper respect to those in authority over us. Now, there is only, and again, I said I looked for an out on this, be subject for the Lord's sake to every institution. There's only one exception to this call to submission, and that is when the law of the land, when the magistrate, requires us to break the law of God. At that point, we must, with respect, say we cannot follow any longer. We can submit no more. That was what was faced in the the book of Acts in chapter four. That was something that Peter himself had faced. Peter was speaking in the name of Jesus Christ And they called him to account. And in chapter 4 of Acts, but Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. They said, We're willing to submit. We'll do what we can, but when you call us to violate God's law and they were saying you may no longer declare the gospel, that was something the state had no right to do. The state had no right to say you may no longer declare the gospel. And Peter and those with him had to say we must follow God and not follow man. And, and, and if we get to that point, Where the state is saying we must violate the law of God then it really is no longer a choice for us we cannot follow so we may not follow we must stand with God's word when that happens if it should be the case in God's providence in the future we are called to make that decision even then While we say we can no longer submit to your authority, we we must be willing to bear the consequences of that. Nowhere in Scripture does God say, look, if you're called to make that choice and you follow me, that things will be fine. But if we are called to make that choice where we can no longer obey the governing authorities, then we must be prepared to submit to whatever consequences there are. Submit to the state's punishment if necessary and count it a joy to suffer for the sake of Christ. Count it a joy to live in a way that that is so noticeable to the unbeliever that they are putting us in prison for Christ's sake. He says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Yes, in that case, we fear God. And we follow him because his law is above all else. But even in that fear of God, we still honor the governing authorities by taking whatever punishment comes our way. God has our final allegiance. And we leave our life in his loving, caring hands. The Christian citizen Peter addressed it already back in the first century, in terrible times, living under awful governmental conditions. And Peter's word from the Lord, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. This is our call today as well. Because of the gospel, because of who Jesus Christ is, because of what he has done for us, because He has taken us out of the world. He has brought us into the church through faith in Him. And He continues to do that glorious work tonight. The goal of tonight's sermon is not to simply make you a better citizen, but in light of who Jesus Christ is, to make you a better citizen. If you do not know Jesus Christ, (laughs) your first concern is not submitting to the government. Your first concern is submitting to Him. Bowing the knee before Him. He calls you tonight to put your faith and trust in Him. And that then will have consequences for the way you live in your marriage, in your home, in the church, and in the state. But that is the call tonight. To embrace Jesus Christ. And if you have done that, if you do know Him, then to live to live as He has called you to live. Be holy because I am holy. The fact that we belong to God is not just a matter of our confession, it's a matter of our conduct. May God help us to show proper submission to Him and proper submission to the authorities He has placed over us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, tonight we have spoken of difficult things It is very easy for us to make a uh, radical distinction between our life in the church and our life in the state. And yet, Lord God, we recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord over all. He is Lord over all institutions. And so, Lord God, for His sake, help us to be properly submissive to every institution because in doing so, O God, we will show our love, our devotion, and our submission to you. We recognize it is not natural. We recognize it is not easy. So we pray that you would work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might live in a way that brings glory and honor to you, that even outsiders will see, unable to challenge our works and give glory to you. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake, amen. We turn together to number 233 in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. Number 233, O Father, you are sovereign in all the worlds you made. Your mighty word was spoken and light and life obeyed. Your voice commands the season and bounds the ocean shore, sets stars within their courses and stills the tempest roar. O Father, you are sovereign in all affairs of man. No powers of death or darkness can thwart your perfect plan. We're going to sing all four verses, 233. Let's stand together as we sing. Receive the parting blessing of our God the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.